Hi, this is Pisayo. I'm coming to you live with one of my very best friends, Tony. <laughs> hey, Tony, how you guys doing? Yeah, Tony's, uh, we've known each other, what, since undergrad, since freshman year, about, what was that, about 15 years ago? Yeah, met at uh, the great university <laughs> of Texas. Come on, come on. Welcome. And we've just been best friends since uh, <laughs> so many stories, so many, so many just things that we got into. Um, but, but yeah, I wanted to bring him in here and help me kick off this interview series, which is going to be my first interview series that I'm um, slash podcast called highlighting greatness, because there's there's so many amazing things that this man has done. And that I'm privy to as uh, a friend of his. And so I just really wanted to talk about that highlight that and, you know, just present that to the world. So, Tony, why don't you just start off just saying a little bit about yourself. Well, oh, first off, I want to say thank you for giving me this opportunity to be a part of your 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 docu series uh, and honoring me as as a person of greatness. I I truly feel humble. I don't feel great in the sense of the things that I've done, but I appreciate you for saying I have a story to tell and I'm, I'm willing to share it. Some of it, some of it, just a little bit. But. <laughs> But uh, I'll the crazy I, stuff out of it. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's that's for just our one-on-one -on -one calls. Um, but hey, I'm I'm Tony. I'm, uh, graduated from uh, UT Austin back in '09, um, and just wanted to share with you a little bit of the dreams that I've had that I fulfilled um, since 2009 uh, up to today, and how it's, it's made an impact in my life and hopefully give you inspiration uh, to pursue your own dreams, uh, whatever you have that you can achieve um, through my testimony or my experiences that we'll discuss. Uh, nice, nice. Uh, before we get into all that, man, we got to talk about some of those UT days. Okay, take only what the ones we can tell our moms about. Come on, go, let's go, let's start. <laughs> all the other ones can stay in, in, in history. <laughs> No, Tony was, uh, <laughs> Tony was um, Tony was an RA on campus, yeah, for uh, about three years, and yep. so we started out. We met freshman year. We were both living in Jester, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we were both living in, in Jester East, and that's just how we became friends. We weren't necessarily even in the same classes or anything, but we we met that way, and you know, we just hit it off. Uh, <laughs> Started cutting Tony's hair. Um, what else? Just and then after I so I was I started off on campus, but then after I left my first year, and every, you know after that I moved off of campus. But Tony became an RA after that year. And yeah, so an, uh, and for those who don't know what an RA an RA is a a, a resident assistant. It's kind of like a if you ever been to to summer camp. It's like a camp counselor, yeah. but it's a counselor for the residents in, in the dormitories for a particular floor. So we call a resident assistant uh, an RA for short. So that's what I was as an RA. But go, go ahead, Messiah. 
I, I had to make sure some people up there be like, what, what is RA? What is... No, you're right. You're right. Um, to make sure they but, knew about it. But that's really how me and Tony really got to, to bond beyond that because <laughs> now me living off of campus and having to commute to campus, you know, for the most of the, you know, for class, and I'm on campus the majority of the day, I needed a place to stay. <laughs> So what Fasai was trying to say is he was brother man from the fifth floor from Martin. He came. He's like, yeah, you know, you, you got your dorm. Yeah, okay, I'm about to crash. He'd be like, all right, I got to go to class. Four hours later, you still here? He'd be like, yeah, what time is it? It's like seven. Oh, all right, I got to go to my chemistry class. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was good times. It was, it was good times. Yeah, so we, we definitely had a lot of fun uh at, at in college and undergrad but that's just a little backstory to really how me and tony you know became super cool because he was always a uh he was always <laughs> willing to allow me to use his dorm to crash between classes and that's actually how i got into a little bit of country music i don't know if you remember that i i I told you I was familiar with Nelly because I'm from St. Louis with Tim McGraw and talking over and over again with that. But he was talking about Bruce Springsteen and it's like, who? What? I was like, I, I never knew anything about this. Oh, so yeah, so yeah, you introduced me to some, some, no, some music that I never was, I never knew about. But it was in your dorm, right? Because yeah. so again, I would go and crash at Tony's dorm uh, because <laughs> I don't live on campus anymore. And you know, you might have a class that starts at, you know, whatever, your first class of the day starts at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. or something, but then you don't have another class up until maybe one, you know, so between classes, I would go and just, you know, chill in Tony's room. Uh, whether or not he was in there, he was always kind enough to just at least just let me <laughs> use his dorm room. Uh, and so there was this one day I was in there, I'd be, I'd be in there chilling, watching TV, you know, uh, I might bring my lunch or whatever. And, but there was this one day that I was there and I was watching TV and just stumbling, you know, through the channels and just flipping channels. And I ran into, um, the country music channel and they had Brad Paisley on there. <laughs> and that's how I got into country music, a little bit of country music. I, 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 feel, I feel honored that I actually introduced you to, to somehow indirectly to, to country music and Brad Paisley. <laughs> <laughs> you welcome. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, but Tony, um, one of the things that really stood out about Tony that I saw that I didn't really see with many other of my friends was that Tony uh, got into traveling and he, you actually took a trip, uh, was it our junior or senior year or something? Yeah, in 2008, uh, senior year summer, just coming to a senior year. Okay, so after, it was after junior year, going into the, uh, the senior year, he took a, he went and studied abroad. So do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so a backstory is I, I worked in uh, the Center for African African-American Studies where I was a work-study student. And I was surrounded by people from all of African diaspora, from Brazil, from Cuba, from Africa, from Nigeria, from Ghana, from people from the Caribbeans. Everyone um, 
UK, you name it, anywhere where the African diaspora spreads. Uh, we've had uh, guest speakers come through, and I had a chance to be exposed uh, to just, just intelligence, excellence from all across the world. Um, and I had an opportunity to, to meet a couple of the Brazilian grad students and even meet the previous uh, Rio de Janeiro, uh, the first and only, uh, I think it was the black governor, Benedita da Silva. And, and she spoke Brazilian Portuguese to me as though I spoke Brazilian Portuguese. And I was like, I don't know what you're saying, but you are so gracious to me. And like ever since I had those kind of experiences helping out with the, the Brazilian uh, symposiums that we had on campus, I said I wanted to go. I wanted to do my senior thesis uh, there on studying corporate social responsibility. And I applied applied for scholarships and I had an opportunity to spend six months in Brazil so it was it was an amazing thing um funny story as I was preparing to leave my my visa got canceled uh and really? I had I was about four days away before my flight and what I had to do after they sent me on my paperbacks and you need to go down to to Houston to to get your visa re uh posted to or you can go to Brazil or else you can't go. Ooh, that was the day that I I flew, drove down to Houston, talked to a couple of my advisors. And that's where I had a chance to stay with Fasai with his fam for like a day while we was waiting to get the, the visa yeah. expedited in order for me to go to Brazil like in, in three days. So wow. it was almost an opportunity that had I not had um, assistance or help i wouldn't have never had a chance to go to brazil because my passport got a my not my passport my visa uh was in process and i had to drive to houston from dallas just to get it done so thank you for sile for helping me just let me crash crash in your home and, and eat your your gel off rice with your fish and, and, and let me crash on your sofa i had to pay it in return full force <laughs> no you're good man um i mean you you know all all it was was just a phone call of yo you know you're gonna be yeah. Houston you know this and this is going on and I was like, of course you know so I I mean me still living at you know with my parents during you know in undergrad you know during the summer when I would come back home I just yeah. asked them you know told them hey it's one of my best friends you know and uh, they were cool with it but yeah definitely definitely I'm glad I could be some little bit of a <laughs> part of. <laughs> I, I, that 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 takes care of all all of, the, of everything because you good so thank you for that <laughs> it was it was it was it was always forgiven it was just solid so thank you very much for that <laughs> so um why don't you tell us about the experience going to brazil and how that was well going to brazil was it was like a high school dream that I've had. I've seen, there was a movie called Black Orpheus, where it's this guy, it's a, it's a movie that is reflected in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. And after I saw that movie, like I, I had the dream aspirations to go and then working in college surrounded by people, um, uh, African Brazilians, um, scholars, uh, sharing their culture, being taken uh, Portuguese classes, I needed to go. And I had the opportunity to go there. And it was the best uh, experience. It was the reason why I wanted to travel uh, thereafter to all the other countries. I, I was in a place that I learned about. The music touched me. The culture touched me. 
um, being with family, host family um, that I still talk to to this day, uh, it made an everlasting impact to me. It also is the reason why, like, I even today I, I speak Brazilian Portuguese um, wow. because of that experience. And that's been almost 12, 11 years, 11, 11 12 years uh, since that yeah. time. So it, it made a huge impact to me. And um, I, I can't. I can't share with you enough, but so many, so little time. You just have to ask me specific questions on, on how it made a, a lasting impact on my life and on my view of the world. Yeah, and we've talked about, obviously, we talked about about that just in our, you know, one-on-one conversations. But um, that's the what was different for me. What when I was looking at you doing that was you were one of the only people that I knew. Now, there were definitely, you know, there were there were people that we knew that went and studied abroad, right? Uh, I didn't get the chance to do that because <laughs> my grades weren't that good. I was just worried about trying to, trying to graduate. But um, <laughs> to, to even think about that, but, uh, but we saw people, a few people that of, of our, you know, uh, from our social circle, people that we hung with, people that we knew that were studying abroad. And you went and you did that and you really just came back from there with um, me looking from the outside, looking at you. You seem like, man, you just, you just did that. You really just did that, you know? And um, to the point where you couldn't even tell you nothing, you know? <laughs> like, a little bit. Uh, our, those, remember the festival? Uh, the, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one, yeah. Or not it festival, was Carnival or whatever. The Carnival, Austin, Austin, Texas has uh, their own rendition of the Brazilian Carnival, one of the biggest ones in the country. Yeah. And I, I went there. Sio really wanted to go there, and I told him, "No, it ain't even the same. I don't even want to go." I'm, <laughs> And he, he he was he was pulling my leg like you been to Brazil and you don't even want to go. It's like, nah, like come on, same. man, you going you gonna enjoy. It. Let's go, let's go. You know, and, and we went and it was fun. We had a great time. Yeah, that was that was. I'm glad you you. It was encouraging because yeah. <laughs> I really was like I just came from Brazil. I ain't even I ain't even trying to go. But I'm right. glad we, it was a really good time seeing Brazilians from all across the world. having a little technical difficulty. Tony. Tony, can you hear me? Tony, your screen is frozen. Can you hear me? All right, so we're back. We had some technical difficulties, but we left off talking about Carnival and just how much fun that was. Uh, we, you know, even though you, as someone who had been to Brazil at that point, you went to that and you really enjoyed it as much as I, you know, probably as much as I did, never having been to Brazil. <laughs> but uh, let's transition now a little bit from that and sure. talk about, I guess, after we left UT or after you left UT. Um, how where where did we, where did you go? What did you do? In in, in Brazil or after? Oh, just in general. Just in, oh. just, we talked. You know, we gave the intro about 
you know, your first experience traveling. Yeah. And then now let's shift into after after that. Yeah, so no problem. Uh, after after what? I returned back to the States and uh, graduated from college in 09, I have what people say, you had the travel bug, where you want to just see the rest of the world. You're like, I got I want to. I want to see. I want to see London and Spain. I want to go travel the world. Yeah. And I, and that that happened to me. I tell you. Um, uh, so graduating in '09, it kind of felt. I felt stuck. Uh, that's that's the best way to say it. It was a time where everyone had the Great Recession. Um, graduating with a psychology degree, just wasn't giving me uh, jobs thrown at my door. Right. Right. It, had, it put me in a situation where I, I actually I went back working in a, on the sales floor as a cashier in, at Walmart um, in a technology department. So it was a humbling experience. You graduate four years, you put in that work, and and then here I am just trying to make things work just to uh, uh, humble myself. That's the best way to put it. Yeah. Uh, I still wanted to travel, and I, and I knew and I was, that it was just, huh? I was there with you, you know. We were we were basically going through very similar experiences, except, you know, I, ne- I didn't necessarily have that travel bug. Right. Uh, but we both graduated, right? Yeah. And coming back, leaving this great institution where we completed our education, our course. Yep. And the time that, that we were allotted to in four years and, you know, you see all these, you know, uh, stories, not just stories, but you see your peers and your friends going on to do, you know, amazing things, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Or getting into med school or, you know, getting this amazing job somewhere or whatnot. And, mm-hmm. you know, for me, I was trying to get into pharmacy school. Right. And I didn't get in that year. And so I ended up back home and uh, was working similarly like you at CVS, which is the same job that I was doing, you know, through undergrad, you know, working right. at CVS as a pharmacy tech. Still, right. Still trying to get into pharmacy school and really just learning about the profession that I was trying to get more into. Mm-hmm. So we were, we were, we were both in very similar, you know, very low, you know, low times. You know, that's how I described it afterwards. You know, just yeah, we came out from just the what seemed like the most amazing experience, right? Right. Uh, just being at, at UT, right? You're learning, but also you're you're getting to experience the world in a very interesting and different way than ever before, and so. But then you come out of that and you don't really have a job. You didn't get it. You weren't able to get into the next phase of your education. Like myself, I wasn't able to get into pharmacy school. And you had, you know, it was very similar to yours. And so, you know, we definitely bonded over our struggles at that point when, uh, when we were, when, after, right after we graduated, right? Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you call those a humbling experience. Uh, true foes where here we are trying to we have all these high aspirations of uh, we're going right into the corporate world 
jobs waiting for us. They they calling our names down, and we like, nope, you going back home to your mom and dad house? Yep. And you're like, what? Same room that you that you left? Yep. Curfew is you don't have the freedom, and it it's a real humbling experience to say this is. This is where I went to college. I could, I didn't have to go to college for this. Right, right, right. Really didn't, but. Um, so why don't we talk about that a little bit? How, you know, because, you know, I, I, I understand how I felt going through that, you know, <laughs> and obviously we, we talked about it personally, uh, how we were feeling going through that. Well, this is 11 years ago now. <laughs> Yeah, literally, but yeah, literally eleven years ago, you know. So it was more. Day. It was more than. No, two thousand nine. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Years ago. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, looking back on on that and seeing how we felt at that point, you know, uh, really feeling almost like, you know, almost like a failure. In my in my words, I can say that that's kind of how I felt because I didn't get into pharmacy school mm-hmm. uh, my first year, mm-hmm. and here I am still doing the same you know job that I was doing for the college mm-hmm. students. Right. Uh, how yeah. did you, what where how were you able to go from there? I guess. I I think the the best way that I, I got from from doing Walmart was um, working in Dallas uh, at a Walmart in Dallas. Um, I worked at one of the the stores that had employees from Ethiopia, uh, had employees from Mexico, employees from Honduras. We had we had an international employee staff. And working in technology was no different. We had everyone from all walks of life uh, working on the floor. And it it drew back up that appreciation for the culture of, of the world that we live in right then and there. And and seeing it and working and living in it gave me a day in and day out opportunity to interact with my world at Walmart. And it wow. was the best experience that I, I had that it generated like, hey, before I begin going up a career ladder I want to see the world one more time if at the very least and uh, I think just to those experiences I I came to a step is that I can either earn a nine-to-five job and have the opportunity to travel for like one week in Christmas break or while I do not have anything and don't have no money don't have any no no children no wife that I can go travel the world at this time. And keep yeah. in mind, it wasn't the best time for me to make that decision. I was back home. My stepmom wasn't working and my, my dad wasn't working. He got laid off um, at that time. And it, I was the only one bringing home money. Um, I keep in mind, this was a 2009 and my paycheck was like $7 an hour. So wow. I was working like 12 hour shifts, no, like 10 hour second shift i was working second shift from like 11 in the afternoon about like eight nine at night um and sometimes maybe some overtime so it wasn't the best time for me to do anything really wow right uh 
it was something that I wanted to do. And it required a lot of sacrifice um, in order to make this dream become a reality for myself. Wow. Yeah, that, and that's amazing because from there, you know, I, I knew you had been telling me that you wanted to travel, you wanted to travel, you know, but here we are, you know, <laughs> um, both, both of us, you know, po you know, after graduation, not really in the place where we wanted to be as far as either job-wise or, you know, graduate school-wise, I mean, pharmacy school-wise, not, mm -hmm. not being there, but I remember you kept telling me that you wanted to travel and then you actually did it, <laughs> you know, you, and it was just like, I remember you called me and you're like, yo, I'm, 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 I'm going, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm about to head out, you know, and, uh, but what, what was, I guess, what, I, you explained your passion, right? You explained why you wanted to, you know, but for me, right, I couldn't do that necessarily. Uh -huh. At that point in my life, because I was too worried about, oh my God, I need to get into pharmacy school. I need to get my career going. I need to like do this, do that. To even think about, you know, uh, that was the the ultimate. That was the goal, right? That was just the, you know, and we don't really see a lot of people like us, people that I know, people that 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 we went to school with and grew up with, things like that. We don't really see a lot of people like us that decide to go and travel the way you did it, right? So I guess my question is what, even though you did, you weren't where you, I guess, wanted to be, it, things weren't ideal, which you already, you know, spoke on with your family. Mm -hmm. um, what still, I guess, motivated you or, or what still pushed you to really go and pursue, pursue your dreams of traveling the world? Uh it came from college and then it also came from where I was. And then what I realized, um, or what small window I had. If I looked around everyone, my, my dad's friends, um, my family all around me, once you have kids and responsibility and a mortgage, you can't go anywhere. You may have, <laughs> You really, I mean, you can't, you can, but not for a long amount of time. You have obligations right. and you have a responsibility to take care of, of your family. And right. I, I recognize that this will be my only opportunity. And it is to this day, I'm 33 right now. I don't have the liberty today to just get on a plane and be like, I'm going to this place for six months and I'll be back. I don't have that type of time. Right. But back then at 22, I had that window where right. didn't have much, didn't have no money. Um, but I had all the time in the world <laughs> and I knew wow. I said, I was going to take that. Even, even I, I just got a, uh, after graduating in college, May 09, I didn't get no interview from no one until September wow. or yeah, September. So June, July, August, nothing, nothing, nothing. Then, You're working at Walmart. Then, yeah. Then September, I got a phone call from like a, a, a job downtown. I'm working in, in the corporate office with young co recent college grads, just 
here's an opportunity, interest in the corporate America. They they recognized I was straight out of college, so I was brand new. And I they gave me an offer. It was a like just very start entry, just to come into the office and start working and work yourself up the ladder. And I had my this dream chart of what do I want to accomplish, right? Like okay. continue on seeing the world. And it, it was like, I, if I start this corporate job career now, I'm not going to be able to travel um, wow. the way that I, I had in my mind. And I turned it down. Wow. And I, I turned it down because I got the opportunity and the offer to go to, to Thailand, like to teach English. I, did, I wouldn't have turned it down if I didn't have the, the offer that I was preparing for all the paperwork. Right. But I had it, and it was like, do I want to go see the world for a year, or do I want to work a nine-to-five? And I said, I wanted to go travel for the world versus do a nine-to-five, even though it was a start yeah. to, I don't know where I would be right now. Some manager or doing something. Right, right, right. I, cho- I chose I chose the 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 latter, and that was to go travel and see the world. And I'm I'm so thankful that I made that decision, even though it was hard. And I, I told my my parents and other kids, like you gave up a job to to go travel. Yeah. But yeah. Wow. Well, and that and that's amazing because again, I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> All right. And. And I know a lot of people that also wouldn't have done that. You know, this this dream chart that you 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 you're talking about. Not a lot of people would say, "Hey, I've got the opportunity to go, you know, follow my dream on one hand, or get into this. Yeah, this is a job that I want. This is a job that I'm trying to do. Get into this corporate cycle and you know, do all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you were able to make that decision at the age of 22. Yeah. Without, you know, just knowing that that's what you wanted to do, and without really having any, um, without having any really backing, really, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't have. There's a lot of the people that we know that do things like that. They, they'll, you know, they'll have a job when they come back waiting for them. Yeah. We have anything like that. All, all I had was my family. And I think that's one of the things that I, I I thank them so much. My my dad and my my stepmom was it was reluctantly supportive for me to follow my dreams because nobody ever had that opportunity. And my mom and my sister and my grandmother they they all uh, my entire family was was supporting me to be able to to be safe and uh, follow my dreams. And that was the only thing that I had was just genuine love from my family to say, follow your dreams, be wow. safe, go out there and come back. And that was, that was the only thing that I had. I knew when I was coming back, um, no job in the wing for me afterwards. No, no nothing. But I knew that um, I wasn't going to be, I, was, I wasn't going to be overseas for too long. Um, right. And I just, they just said, go ahead. Right. And it was be- it was because of their support uh, that I was able to do it. Now, you you went out there and and you were able to do that, which which is amazing. What do you feel like? What what made you choose that? And you did it not just in a 
oh, I'm just going to go travel for, you know, a few weeks. You, you ended up going to, you ended up going to Thailand yep. to, to teach English for a whole year. A year. You know, mm-hmm. which, and when you told me that, I was just like, whoa, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but that, that's amazing you, that you, you did it to that, to that level and you really, were able to follow your dream in that way without having any backing, you know, other than just the support of your family. Nothing said you did this, you did this on on a Walmart budget. Really, yeah. literally, you were working at Walmart making seven dollars an hour. Yeah, I was working was. at CVS and you you were able to save and and buy yeah, your own was. ticket and go out there like that. Yeah, it was it was hard, but it wasn't it wasn't bad. It was like a plane ticket and a registration fee. That's all I had to say. Plane wow. ticket, registration fee. But, and, but and, what's great about it that I, that I want to highlight really is that it's not like you just had all this money. Right. Just, you know, to bankroll, you know, your, your, um, to bankroll your, uh, your, your, your dreams. Or you had, a rich, uh, you know, some rich family members or something. You literally were working at Walmart. Yeah. When yeah, you decided it, to do this, yeah. and you did it from a seven dollar paycheck that you were working or earning at Walmart. No. Yep. Saved up, bought your plane ticket, and and went out there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I- I, I look back now at it and I would not do that today. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wouldn't do that. You see, how, you see how crazy that is? That, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do that, that today. To put I'd that like, in perspective, you know, uh, even me saying that, like, that seems crazy that somebody that's earning minimum wage <laughs> would still, despite that, despite, you know, uh, you said even your 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 you didn't have the support of your family as far as financially, you know, but they supported you, you know. And mm-hmm. okay, if this is what you want to do, go ahead and do it. You didn't have something waiting for you. You didn't have, you know, this saved up already or some you know amount of money <laughs> saved up or no rich uncle somewhere mm-hmm. that that bankroll rolled your dreams. But that's amazing mm-hmm. that you were able to do that working mm-hmm. minimum wage. Yeah, and and the thing that I I, I shared that I kind of learned in college, um, the college students or the people that I see traveling abroad, they have privilege or resource opportunities. Not all, most of, them, not all of, them. but it's it, the the experience that you get when you overseas. Um, it humbles you because you can't take things for granted that that we we experience here in the states or in America. It it just things are very different on and how people are still people, but how things are done are different. Right, right. So why don't we go into that a little bit and some of your your experiences? You know, you um, you went into you went to Thailand. You taught for a year. <laughs> yeah. English, you taught English for a year, and then you called me and said, yo, I'm going to Spain next. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, what? Like, 
<laughs> Bro, you proved your point. You proved your point. <laughs> Why don't you try to do this? <laughs> like, come home. But no, you, 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 after that, you just up and went to Spain and did it another year in Spain. Uh, but in the middle, you, you, you traveled, you know, really extensively uh, mm -hmm. as well throughout Europe, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. So why don't we talk about some of your experiences traveling or, or, or you know, just even being out there. And you weren't, you, the other thing is that you travel, you know, I travel now. A lot of people have traveled, but you went and you lived <laughs> in these places for a year. It's not traveling you went and you lived there for a year right. um and so why don't we talk about that a little bit and just why you chose to go to some spots versus other spots and things like that yeah um so i didn't if i was gonna go travel the world i didn't want to go anywhere where it was americanized and there was mcdonald's everywhere and <laughs> i wanted to go somewhere that was authentically legit and the places that i chose were the, lo the local towns um, okay. that like a normal city or a town but i wanted it to be local i didn't want it to be a major city and those places i i i, I bought on a budget <laughs> um, i mean I, I i lived in a, a part one bedroom it's kind of like where we have airbnb i right. lived in a whole lot of basic airbnbs the 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 ten dollar ones that you'd be like you really want to go stay in that one yeah yeah that's all i got I'm, you got like four people in the room okay all right right i, yeah. I did that I, I took the i took the slow train that was like five dollars versus the like the, the ten the fifty dollar train and took right. 12 hours to get back to a place because right. it stopped in every single city wow. it, it was um yeah i've 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 seen bro i remember this. yeah i remember not to not to not to cut you off but i remember when you called me when you bought the moped yeah yeah <laughs> it was uh the the story of getting a moped uh was it's just i've so keep in mind, I've never rode a moped in my life. I, I had a bicycle <laughs> that had 10 speed, 15 speed, 21 speed bicycle. Yeah. But never rode any type of thing with a motor on it. Um, right. And I went to Thailand and got my driver's license or yeah, motorcycle license. And I rode, I, I, I took, that's actually experience in of itself. So my motorcycle license I, you would think it would be crazy. You'd be like, are you getting it in high? I, no, no. Every every system and tool uh, slips over to English. So it was like taking like a driver's exam. It was just oh, like wow. a, an English application. And then afterward, I had to take the 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 actual test, where you have to get on the on top of the uh, the make go around the corners, left right, left right, stop, use your blinker, hop on a on a curve, right on a curve. And I got my drivers. I got my motorcycle. I don't even know where it's set, but I have it somewhere. <laughs> where I had a uh, time motorcycles, and it was it was so amazing wow. to say, "Here I am, living this dream." And you know, there was a book that came out, "The Beach" by Alex Garden. Leonardo DiCaprio created a book, some similar to that. And I I read that book before. 
and I kind of wanted to live the dream. I've, I've seen so many, we've seen the case of Benjamin Button, uh, of traveling, going in places. I've, I've read the, the, the books with the Lord of the Flies. You go, I've, I've read books of, of the Gary Paulson, the car, where you have all of these different books about a coming of age story of, of, of either a young boy turning to manhood and getting a chance to learn while he travels. And right. I just made the books into my own story. That's, that's amazing, man. Yeah. What a, what a, um, what were your experiences traveling the world as a, an African-American, a black man? Mm-hmm. What, how did you, you know, in light of kind of what we're seeing now, well, how, how was that? Because I know, I know we had those conversations <laughs> 11 years ago when you were overseas and, you know, yeah. kind of some of the things that you experienced. It, it was, I think the best way to say it, it was different. Um, it wasn't, it's different than what you experience here in, in America. America is, is just, it has a, a, a rich history um, that affects us. But being overseas as a black, as a black man, as an African-American man, but as a, as a black man, because that's two different things. As a black man, um, I keep in mind I stayed in local places, so not major city where you have television and you have media coming in. So you don't have, but in the local communities, local towns, it's like you have people who don't, who've never seen a black person in wow. in in their community, wow. or and and you you have one of the coolest things was. You had innocent unawareness, right? Okay. And like, what are what is this, right? And it's different than than a sense of just uh, people something that's learned. And I think I experienced that quite often um, okay. in the places that I've been, where it was in Thailand in particular, people were more they it was curiosity, right? Gotcha to get to know me better and not being known and unfamiliar. Right. And I, and I really enjoyed that. It was hard at the time because I didn't understand why, why you don't, why you don't know who I am. But I really, as I look back at it, it was more of a a curiosity of who are you? I've never, I've never seen you in person may have heard about black people, black Americans, but you the first or the second, that I've right. seen. So it was, it was, that's what I experienced over there. And, and I appreciate it uh, so much after the fact. Okay. Uh, other places in, and just across the world that I've traveled to um, in South America and Europe, it was just a different, di- it was different because everyone sees America as the place to go. Um, New York, LA and Miami, everywhere you go. People are like, I want to go to New York, LA, or Miami in two days. You can't do that in two days. But when I went to kind of uh, the other places in, in Western Europe and South America, uh, being an American overrided being a black man. And so it was you, very, yeah. Why don't you explain that as far as like, what is it to be as a black man and then what is it to be as a 
<laughs> as black, a black, a black American. So yeah. as a black man, um, uh, in general, like when people think of being black, it means that you work out in out in the sun and some type of manual labor work, just in general, and in, in general sense of oh, you either you're a farmer or hey, you up there uh, on manufacturing. You you just you out there. You're not inside of an office in general, and. I mean, in in the places that I've gone, you kind of get this this stance of a hierarchy that I'm not, I'm not someone, I'm not somebody, right? But when you you so pair you, that as so you're saying experience racism as a black yeah, man all over the world, yeah, all over the world, you like you you are a black man, and it doesn't the 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 history may change from the different locations, but there's still just a form of like you. You 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 are who you are just by what you do. Um, you, and, I, know you, I know you told me a, a story about when you were in the south of uh, is it Spain? Spain. Yeah. So as we've talked about, like being a farmer, like um, you're aware of Spain's right next to Northern Africa, and in Northern Africa may have people come over to to help out either immigrants, refugees migrant workers who want to work during the during the seasons to make it make additional money to take back home um and and south of spain has olive fields beautiful olive olive oils is, is amazing got to try it it's very different than what we get in the stores here in america but uh, when people saw me they thought i was north african um wow right and you you look at me right now you're like you don't look north african one bit but if you don't, if you just see a black person, like you from North Africa somewhere, one of the, one of the, one of the uh, things and coming over work. And I went to a place and people was asking me, why are you here when it's out of season? Uh, wow. it, it's a shock because- You mean out of season as far as- like, Out of season of, of, of cultivating olives. Okay, so they don't expect yeah. black people there because only- Because there's, there's no work to be done. Or the migrant, immigrant, workers yeah. coming from North Africa into yep. into Spain yep. into Spain to, to right. do that work. Wow. Right. Because all the work is is not is gone. So it's like come back next season. Right. Uh, and 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 to have a, a shock to them and amazement. It's like I'm I'm not here to work the fields and the olives. I'm I'm here to teach your kids <laughs> in your school. Boom. <laughs> Yeah. What? What? You American black? What? My <laughs> teacher? It 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 just it, it blows people's minds, and and wow. I remember that so much because it 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 was the joy to have. Like I'm not here to take anything from you. I'm here to help you and your children be better. Wow. Um, so it was a humbling experience for them and myself. Of wow. why am I here? Yeah. Wow! Wow! I, I, I remember that forever. That's that's very interesting, and and you know, I I definitely wanted to touch on that, given what we're seeing here in America with these protests uh, over racial injustice and police brutality that mm -hmm. we're you know experiencing currently. That we really need, you know, we've been experiencing 
for a very, very, very long time. But uh, to see just kind of how you how how you saw that in all over the world, wherever you went, you know, being black versus being American, <laughs> being a black American. Um, mm -hmm. So that that's very interesting. Why don't you? What about these protests? Have you have you ever seen anything like this happening while you were out in other parts of the world? I I haven't I haven't seen it when I was there. I've seen the articles. Um, it's it's always about uh, either work or just resources. So I never was in uh, in the type of thing. But I've always read it in periodicals of um, migrant workers coming to uh, to an area where there isn't there aren't any jobs and those little jobs if they pass migrant workers just where does it go just general things that revolve around uh, equality for for the ability to take care of your family and, and be able to, to to make a living and a lot of things have been revolved around that so i've always seen that in, in news articles or reports uh, for various different parts of the world. And I don't think that ever will change as there's always just, there's very few of the good jobs um, to be able to be passed around to everyone for everyone to be able to take care of their family. That's, um, that's a challenge. And that's what you saw just in, in these different parts of the world while you were there. Why don't, yeah. we, talk, why don't we talk about what you saw with how was teaching and how did you enjoy teaching? Now you're, you became a teacher. <laughs> yeah. How was that? It was challenging. It was a challenging thing. I tell you here in this, in the States, you normally have classrooms that have about 15, 20, maybe 30 max students okay. in a classroom. Okay. Um, and you teach in whatever class. When I was overseas, I man, I had like, I had some classes that had about 48, 50 wow. uh, kid, kids. And I don't speak the language. And I'm, I'm trying to share with them either activities. And I, it was, I talked kind of like um, just maybe about four or five different class sets. Some were small with like 15, 20, um, but other ones were big. And I had to, reach out to all of them it was it was about 40 people staring at you uh students staring at you on on trying to present something and as an activity it was very difficult uh wow. because um you wonder are you getting across to them do they understand right. what i'm saying here's right. one thing so i had i had classes that like we were just I was trying to find common ground. Right. And, and I, one of the things that I got a, a YouTube video out, um, it was, it just, they, they showed how they made like a, a farewell. It was like, at first, uh, we felt we didn't like you, but you improved yourself and our class is more fun now. And we wow. hope, yeah. And it showed that I took to heart my role and responsibility of what it meant to be a teacher. Um, I can't, I can't show as much appreciation as I do now about the role that teachers 
have in providing knowledge uh, when I was overseas. Because being a teacher overseas is is a it's like a a, a privilege or an honor, really, uh, that you don't see here in, in in the states. Where when you say you a teacher overseas, it's like that's a very respectable field that you have this chose to do. Wow. Uh, and, and, and taking that role, I, I, I couldn't take it any more uh, heavier than I, and then they shared it with me. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Let's talk about maybe coming back, right? You were, you were out to, you know, over two years um, traveling and you really just, having fun, living your dreams. How were you able to come back and how, what was that transition like coming back to America? Uh, so that, that brings me back to May, 2011. I came back to the States and it's, it's like seeing a movie okay. and then leaving the movie and and you're back out into the real world and i don't know how to explain it other than i have all of this knowledge and i'm back at home in my in, in my bedroom <laughs> with a curfew and no job <laughs> wow 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 and 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 student loans about to kick in in 6 months cuz i had to defer cuz i was a teacher so it wow. was a it was an interesting thing where I seen my mind was wide open with yeah. all of this knowledge and experience of being a, a, a man, a, a man out in this world and then coming back home and it doesn't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't matter. I, I put on resumes. It was, it was, it was, it was a humbling experience because I put on resume, oh, I taught English in Thailand for a year in Spain. And it's like, wow, I wish I could have done that. I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and no, everyone I talked to, they got an appreciation for my story. And it, it's like, I want to do that. I right. can't because right. I got a mortgage. And right. I can't just drop everything right now and just go. Right. So it was, it was a humbling experience that I, I didn't want to share my story. Wow. I don't want to share my story because I couldn't, I didn't have that too many people who would understand or appreciate what I had or what right. I, what I, what I've seen. It was right. really hard. Um, right. Most people, most people that I shared it with, they was, I wouldn't call it envious. I would just call it something that, they just didn't have time to do, but they really wanted to do it, and I did it. And and right. I was and it was nothing that I could say. Yeah, you can do it too. It's like, yeah. right, right. <laughs> so why don't we talk about? But but you know when you when you are back here now and you're you know you're still you know <laughs> everything is you know kind of crashing back in. Not not crashing, but you know now you got to start worrying about student loans. Now you gotta you're you know. You got to get a job again and all that stuff. How were you able to pick back up, you know, like almost from where you left off and just, you know, still pursue your dreams and, you know, go on to, 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 to pursue other goals and dreams? 
it took a long time. It, it, I, I applied, I just, just kind of continuing on from what I was sharing. I would talk with people and, and share with my experience and resumes and there weren't entry level jobs just right off bat that could you could use someone who has an international exposure. Um, and I, I applied to the government, I applied, and it was it was just kind of hard to find out where where could I fit with these skills. I, I it was it was really hard because no not too many people knew what to do with like what do you do with someone that's traveled for two years and taught English and and been in other countries and, and lived out on his own. There's right. not too many entry level jobs out there that can just pick you up and say, we need you uh, right. with your right. college experience. Okay. You know? Yeah, no, I can appreciate that because I, I remember when you came back and I can't remember if I was, I think I was already in pharmacy school at that point, uh, mm -hmm. but you shared some of that with me, you know, what you were going through. Um, yeah. How did you get through that? How did I get through it? I had family that said, you got to get a job. <laughs> you got to get a job. You got to, you got to get a job or go to school. You got to do one, but you just can't just come back in. You 24 now. You just, you left at 22, came back at 24. Yeah. You got to get a job they just be bumming around here just be just staying here and eating our food and, and drinking all the <laughs> stuff but you gotta go work and that was the motivation i had to get out and do something <laughs> yeah. wow I, yeah so that was my motivation i and my parents did they didn't have the, they like we don't got the, the luxury to just have you uh go out and, and do whatever you want you can't do that <laughs> you gotta come yeah. back and work and that's when reality hit me when <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah nice nice so what were the next steps I, from there from from there uh, what did i do um applied to every job and started to talk with uh, people in my church and my community like are there jobs are there any openings and, and I just I just kept applying, volunteered, volunteered within the church, volunteered at, at nursing home, uh, just trying to just do be active sport while I'm, I'm trying to get my feet underneath my um, feet underneath me to get back on the ground. And I just I kept going, kept going until uh, I found myself back uh, with my family, and I just lucked out, just had opportunity to to start just a job start a job and then get an opportunity while uh while i had a chance is to go back to grad school because i recognize nobody don't want a psychology major bachelor's degree with with two years of traveling experience wow. they, they want they wanted something more so i had to go back to school to reinvent myself that's what's up man that's yeah if you, could, if you could say what you know some of the lessons that learn uh, from traveling um, being out there really not just you know like you know like like I travel I might go somewhere just for two weeks or something and come back it's a tourist spot but you being out there 
being able to experience other people's cultures on a day-to-day in a very and really probably the I don't I don't know how how much more real it can get than being in a small town where there's not a lot of you know American influence it's it's rural and <laughs> they haven't even ever seen you know someone of your skin color uh what were some of the lessons that you took from that and 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 how were you able to apply it you know um just going forward um the lessons learned that i had just gone through uh is just be humble uh one of the things that i always had the opportunity to do is either i can mentally shut down from if you keep mind i'm in a place where the language is different and the culture is different the family structure is different so everything's different hold on tony you you, uh it kind of uh, froze a little bit when you were saying keep in mind something okay can you hear i think you were saying keep in mind that your the language is different the culture is different yeah keep in keep in mind that the language where i was they were all different nobody was natively speaking english okay right so English was the second or the, the second language that everyone um, generally knew. Right? Okay. Um, and I had I was processing that every day. So every day my mind was overwhelmed every wow. day because I'm in a place that everything's food's different, culture's different, the temperature's hot. It's like <laughs> 110 degrees. I don't know if you know where I, where I was, but both places hot. It's, it's, it's hotter than texas it's just hot it's hot wow. humid you have to keep eating and keep uh drinking uh smoothies or, or, or tea just to keep yourself cool but it was everything was a daily uh a daily understanding comprehension that i i went to sleep because my brain was fried every single day and wow. still i was able to make it through because i understood that being a good person um, and, and reaching out and, and connecting with a network, which I, everywhere I went, I had paracletic. I had people that were just, they became my friends. Their families became my friends. And it was because of them that I had great experiences. I don't think if I didn't befriend any family that I wouldn't have had a great time wherever I went. But everywhere that I've gone, um, it was the families that kind of took me in as a nephew or a son, right, or a brother, and and shared with me just the culture that they have that allowed me to appreciate where I lived. If it wasn't for those families, wow, I wouldn't have had the experiences that I had. Being, I think that's one of the things with travel. When you travel, when you travel, a, like for me, just traveling alone, if you don't have that family or you don't have connections before you go, it's very much of a tourist location. But once you get a chance to have people that you know and you trust, that you have a, a, a comfort level that they're in your best interest, it makes a big difference. Right. It makes a really big difference. But, um, and, yeah. And what did you see? Because I know you, um, you told me about this before how fa- how how the family structure is overseas and just in different countries and different you know different continents 
as opposed to to here in America? Yeah. Um, so I just talk about geography uh, with families. Families here in America or in the states, families are are spread out. You may have a family in Midwest and that's the other, but your main family's in the Southwest. And then you have a couple of people that just stayed and moved over to the East Coast. So all of these are plane or, or car rides uh, to visit family. Um, overseas, many of the families are in close proximity, maybe in the same city, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, cousins, or in a different town on the other side of the river. So maybe an hour away. So what did that mean? That mean that family who are, were, and are connected. They see each other on the weekends. They see each other for uh, social or block parties. They see each other. The cousins know each other. You know each other's cousins. You go do family events together. And you you do things with a big bond. It's no, here in the States, there's no problem where you see family reunions at the park 30, 40, 50 deep. Well, wherever I've gone, families kind of roll 20 deep. And it's just, you got brothers, sister, cousins all coming to an event. Wow. And and it, when you, with family that size, it means so much different than you just with your, with your mom and your sister and your, and your, your two cousins. It, it's just a big difference. And that helped me understand culture better by being within the family, whole family structure, whether it was matriarch or patriarch, whatever because all of the aunts and uncles or brothers and sisters stay close to stay close and nearby, everybody could see each other at least once a week. And it wow. made a big difference on how I, I saw family, um, an extended family versus what I experienced here in the States where family is kind of spread out across the country. Wow. And I, and I, you know, I definitely, I don't even have to ask you this question because I already know like that, how close you are to your family and how, you know, you definitely try to, to, to take that experience and, you know, instill it here uh, with yourself and with your family. So uh, that's, that's awesome because I don't, I, I, I've never seen that, right? I've never seen that or really experienced that in another mm -hmm. country like that. And um, really all I know is, you know, what I've seen here with my family, as well as, you know, just everybody else's family, you know, mm -hmm. here in America where, yeah, oh, brothers in whatever, Washington, you know, you got mm -hmm. your sister in California, you got this person over there, and yeah, you might come together for Christmas. <laughs> or right. Christmas, you know, right. that's about it, you know. Yeah. So, wow, that's, 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 that's amazing. What yeah. is, what, what, you know, wrapping this whole thing up, um, you definitely have an amazing story. I'm glad that you 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 were you allowed me to 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 highlight it and talk about it with me on this platform. Yeah, I definitely appreciate that. What is one thing that you can, I guess, if you could say one thing to anybody out there that's listening that have dreams that they want to pursue, but maybe for whatever reason they feel they might, you know, they feel they may not be able to do it for whatever reason. What is, what is a, you know, maybe one piece of advice or something that you could leave us with? 
the one piece of advice that I wanted to share with just anyone who listens is the opportunity to pursue your dreams. There's never a perfect time. There's always a time to do it that, I mean, if everything's going bad in your life, then it's hands down, it's not going, it's, you gotta, you gotta wait on your, your dream. What to call that? You call it a deferred dream. Right? It ain't the right, it ain't the right yeah. team. But when you have just, you have a gut feeling that things are kind of falling in place, but there's still some things that are not working. Um, that's when those chances come and go. And I, I guess never wait on the perfect time with the sun's out exactly 2 a 2 p.m. and temperature 72 with yeah. the water. That that day will never come. Um, wow. I think I think my my instances on uh, all three of my travels. When I went to Brazil, uh, I had an opportunity to get to Brazil because I, I didn't get an internship for the summer wow. uh, uh, to do like a philanthropy thing. So it was, it was heartbreaking because I really wanted to kind of continue to get back to the community and learn, but I, it wasn't the best fit for me at that time. And so I applied once I, I, I didn't get it to go study abroad because I had a, a, a semester or summer to go. So it wasn't a great experience, but I applied and out of, out of a horrible experience, maybe it was meant for me to get rejected in order for me to go to Brazil to start my travels. And wow. then going to Thailand, uh, it was 2009. It wasn't a great, it was a great recession. I didn't have, I didn't have money at nothing. Um, but it was an opportunity that came out of nowhere, right? Wow. And then it, even in Spain, going to Spain from Thailand, so like I was getting all my paperwork ready in a foreign country to go to another foreign country. Um, yeah. it, it was it was experience. Uh, uh, Your video's out. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a really good experience that I had to make it to get to the other like another place. So it was, whew, it was it was very hard. But even though it was like a sixteen hour flight, I had to go to the major city to travel there. And, and even when I got to Spain, I was coming from Thailand, so I was time zone changes languages culture food all of that was hitting me but i went right all of those three times it wasn't the perfect ideal time to go right but uh, it, it just all worked out so i just say to all those who, who have dreams there's not going to be a perfect time there are some times where it's not going to be the great time to go but perfect time is is not going to happen. It's just the right time that right. you feel. Right, right. So, Seizing the opportunity—that's that's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. and definitely one thing that I that I've you know that you've shown me that you've just talked about as well is how you you were able to use these negative you know or experiences what a lot of us would have seen as negative experiences. Um, I didn't even know about that that you hadn't gotten an internship. An inter that uh that summer and that that's 
you know, when you decided to apply. I don't think I remember, you know, you telling mm -hmm. me about that, but you, you use that experience and turn it into a positive, you know, the same thing with yeah. coming out of college, not having a job mm -hmm. or, you know, the job that you wanted <laughs> at the mm -hmm. time you working, working a minimum wage job, but still saw that, Hey, you, you know, this is a chance for you to do this. You saw it as an opportunity for you to pursue your dreams and you did it. I think that's amazing. Right. I think that's amazing. Thank you. And you actually, <laughs> I'll tell, and you know this story, but you were the one who inspired me when I got the opportunity to go to Thailand, uh, what, almost two years ago, the first time. And I just, it was an opportunity that kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. But I was, I was kind of hesitant about it just because I'd, I'd never been to that side of the world like that. Now, you know, it's one thing to go to, you know, um, the Caribbean. It's one thing to go to Mexico. It's one thing to go to maybe Colombia, uh, Canada, like I had done before. But yeah. Thailand is a whole nother thing, you know. And so I called up Tony, like, hey, this and this, you know, should I do it? Should I not? You know. Uh, but you definitely, you definitely encouraged me and, you know, we're able to, <laughs> to, to kind of, uh, calm some of the anxiety and fear that I had, you know, just right. really for no reason other than the fact that I've just never been out there before like that. And right. it was just so foreign to me and right. so far away and all these things, you know, <laughs> that I, I almost didn't see that opportunity, but it's been one of the most. Uh, it's been one of the places that I've enjoyed the most, you know. Yeah. And so I, I, I appreciate you for oh, encouraging no, me to do that. No problem. You are, you are more than welcome. Yeah. <laughs> more but, than welcome. But yeah, man, Tony, thank, thanks for this opportunity. Um, you thank you. <laughs> thank you for letting me share my story. Oh, definitely, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You have an amazing story. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to share it. And We'll definitely catch catch you guys on the flip side with another one. But thank you, and we're signing off. Take care.